the following episode is a conglomeration of recordings from August 28th and September 4th, 2020. During these two classes, we spent roughly half the class each day looking at the first three scrapbooks in a series of scrapbooks of political cartoons that my father compiled over 50 years. He started in 1963. He decided to end his collection in 2013. So with that kind of natural, organic, real-time archive that he built up over the years, not necessarily selecting any thing uh, that was dependent on his personal view, but things that seemed to really represent the time, uh, the issues, the events going on in the life of the nation and the world. Uh, it was just an excellent resource to pull out for this particular school year. And uh, especially as we look at current events, the kind of things that are going down in 2020, uh, it, it was just too good an opportunity to pass up to be able to compare and contrast, see what had changed, see what had definitely not changed, uh, see what sort of ugly patterns that the United States has been caught in. And we just seem to be revisiting the same hurts, the same wounds, the same issues over and over again. So uh, this episode jumps around a little bit. It also retains a little more of my floundering and tapping on the chalkboard as I write things down. Uh, but uh, for parents who are trying to keep tabs of what goes on in class and who would like to know a little bit more about how uh, we are going about using these scrapbooks and the kinds of things that we are seeing in these these patterns, these cartoons that we are looking at. Um, it, it's just a, a nice little uh, snapshot of what we are doing with these. We will be using them repeatedly over the course of the school year. I plan to gradually work the students through the whole series, swapping notebooks around, uh, giving everyone a chance to look at all of them eventually, but gradually working forward through the timeline with the scrapbooks as we talk about uh, the 20th century in particular, as well as current events. So with that as an explanation, let's plug in. Alrighty, so today is going to be an interesting hodgepodge of different things. Um, we're going to start here in a few minutes. I, I need to do some sort of housekeeping stuff with y'all first. Um, but uh, I'm going to break y'all into groups. Uh, I have with me the first three scrapbooks from my dad's political cartoon collection. And um, I'm going to have you divide into groups and look at some, some at some things there. I originally had intended to have very, uh, a list for each group with very specific cartoons, and and I, I'm, I will still do something like that, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, what I'd like for you to do this first time is to just look through the scrapbook as a group and just sort of soak in the, um, the, the cartoons, the headlines, 
the um, the different topics that keep resurfacing over and over and over. Because, um, like, here's the first one, and you can tell that there's, you know, quite a bit. Oh, actually, Zoe's not on yet. Um, there's a lot of just a, a wide variety of cartoons and there's even in a couple places i see you cameron just a second let me see if i can find it uh all of them have at least one editorial there's one newspaper it's either in there loose or it might be cut out and taped in and you know there's usually some kind of political cartoon but also some um, uh, newspaper articles related to those that are sort of um, typical of the time. Yes, Cameron, you had a hand up. Are we allowed to take pictures of some of our Yes, yes you may. And I will say too that my dad is um, having uh, like his planning time or what have you in the office. And he stopped in a few minutes ago, a few minutes ago to say that he was available if anybody had any questions, because one of the things that you'll find out as you look at these political, political cartoons is that uh, some of them are going to be very familiar. You're going to see a lot, say, on the Vietnam War, and there will be a lot about racial tension in America during the 60s. Uh, so those pieces will be familiar. Uh, even if you don't know a whole lot about the Vietnam War, you probably know a little bit enough to get some of the political cartoons. And then there will be other political cartoons that were, it, it was big news at the time, but uh, you know now you look at back and you go, well, who's Jimmy Hoffa? Who's, who's this guy? Like, I have no idea who this guy is. And so... Um, so some of these will be more familiar than others. Okay, let's go back to the scrapbooks. Um, here's what I want you to do. Uh, let's see, it's about five till, and by the time we break and you get to your rooms, we'll have about 30-ish minutes before it would be time to take the mid-class break. Um, so what I want you to do in your groups is I want you to Again, look through them. Uh, you might not be able to read every single one of them, but as you turn the pages, certain things are going to catch your eye. Um, with these being the first two or three scrapbooks, though they are a little bit brittle, and there are a couple of pages, especially in the first one, I think, where a couple pages are already a little bit ripped. So just try very hard not to, you know, do any further damage uh, to this, but anything jump out at you with any of the pictures on there? <laughs> what, are, what are you seeing there? The Ku Klux Klan. So we've got at least one reference to the KKK in here. Um, and then uh, you will see it, it's, it's sort of, of visible, should be visible from where you are the little wind-up toys in that one cartoon, you see their hats? Okay, most of the cartoons, at least in this particular scrapbook, that reference Vietnam and the Viet Cong will, you know, have those little conical hats. They're showing people in 
uh, traditional or what was for the time traditional dress. So you're going to see certain things are going to jump out at you. You're going to see the hats. You're going to see the headgear. Um, and you're going to see a very distinct uh, drawing styles. Um, and then, like I said, other cartoons you're going to look at and go, I, I don't have enough context for this. So what I want you to do is, as a group, and this is where you're going to need to appoint somebody to be like the, the group scribe. We do this sometimes. We try not to appoint the same person every time. Uh, there should be at least two people who are willing to swap out and write things down for the group. Um, I, I know some of you, your handwriting is so squirrely that um, you know that you are not called in life to be a scribe, and, and we get that, but there should be at least two of you who are willing to trade off duties as the person who writes things down for the group. Um, whoever that is, I want you to do uh, the following. Number one, I want you to make a list, and this is where the scribe gets to write it down, but everybody else has to present the information. I, I don't want this to be where one person is doing all the work for five or six people. That's just not right on many levels. But I want you to make a list of familiar topics, names, or issues that you are seeing. And, um, and it could be something that's maybe not quite as in your face. For instance, there, there are going to be a lot of cartoons about the Vietnam War. Well, you might find one about the Vietnam War where you don't know anything about that battle or that particular leader, but it's highlighting something about the American military that is familiar that we have dealt with in recent years. Um, so it, it could be something like that. So if you just put, you know, Vietnam War race relations, that's a general start, but that's, that's not enough. You know, work with it a little bit, try to pull out something a little more specific and give, uh, you know, some, put some more meat on the bones, I guess I'm saying. Um, another thing I would like for, um, for you to do is um, you can even list, and it's sort of the same thing, um, but things that are maybe cr cringy, <laughs> and, and there will be a couple, because you know the ones that dad cut out of the newspapers were not because he necessarily agreed with the sentiments in the cartoon or you know supported that politician or whatever but because it seemed very very much a snapshot of what was going on in America at that time it's more think of these scrapbooks as more of like a usable time capsule okay so it's more of a time capsule trying to capture uh, the, the the sentiment the ideas that were pervading America at the time so some of these cartoons you're going to look at and go ooh ouch, that one's a little bit ouch, like you just saw there's there's at least one in there that references the KKK, and I know that one was not the only one. Um, and so it, it might be cringy or it might even just be confusing. 
some of these cartoons are so specific to the time uh, about like judge appointments or things going on with the national budget at the time that like you had to be like in the moment for those cartoons to make immediately for for those cartoons to immediately make sense and then as part of all of this um please include the number of the cartoon so what you probably can't see from where you are is that my dad in his neat handwriting has numbered all of these cartoons so this is scrapbook you know one so these are pictures 50 51 52 and 53 and one of the things that dad and I have been working on all summer and he was working on clear up till yesterday is trying to complete the index the index of all of his cartoons and we're trying to digitize them yeah you know, he started off by typing everything and so we know what date uh, of the newspaper which newspaper it came out of and then he is trying as much as he can to give some kind of sketch detail about each one so you at least have an idea of what to Google if you wanted to go and look up more information. Yes, Darren? 1963. And he did it clear up through 2013, so 50 years. 50 years of political cartoons. And what's interesting is that he mentioned to me the other day, he said the reason he stopped in 2013 is because the the variety of what he was seeing in the political cartoons had shrunk down to about two or three topics and he said it was all just very um it was just very poisonous it, it was more uh about revenge and backbiting and mudslinging whereas as you will see with some of these cartoons some of these do a very good job at condensing a complicated situation into one picture. Remember, these are sort of your forerunners of the memes that you see traded around on the, the internet a lot now. Okay, so I want you to, to do this, and then at the very end, I want you to list the five that you find, and include the numbers, that seem most applicable to today. And if you get into the thick of it and you realize that you've only gotten about halfway through the scrapbook, that's fine. Because what I, I think I'm going to do here is that um, we're going to do this today, and then the next time we do the scrapbooks, I will give you the same scrapbook and let you go a little bit deeper with it. Uh, so, so if you don't get to all of the pages today, that's okay. There will be another opportunity. Um, quick word about the scrapbooks. Talk to me about what you did today. I know every group had something slightly different to do uh, with these different scrapbooks, but what were some of the things that jumped out at you this time that you did not see the first time around? Yes, Darren. Um, hmm? 
fuel shortage. That's right, your scrapbook, your group had the one from the early 70s. Yes, that was a major, major thing in the early 70s. Um, and we actually uh, had sort of a, a revisitation of that scenario um, in, uh, was it Hurricane Katrina, was that 2005? Or was that a little bit later? Yeah, 2005, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever um, Hurricane Katrina roared through and did such a number on the Southeast United States and New Orleans in particular, uh, that really skyrocketed gas prices into the stratosphere. I think some places had as high, was it $8 a gallon? Eight or $9 a gallon? Um, and we got up to almost $4 here a gallon in Carrollton. My parents were like, it went from 80 cents to like 4 bucks a gallon, like that. Yeah, it, it, it was insane. Like, we already thought that the gas prices were like crazy high at the time, and then the Hurricane Katrina hit, and it was just like, you know, all, all rules out the window. Uh, it used to be the way things happened with movie theaters and gas stations is that the changeover to a new gas price or to the next set of movies did not happen until Friday. It always happened on Friday. On Friday, the new set of movies went up at the movie theater, and on Friday, if the gas price was going to fluctuate up or down, it would happen on Friday. So even if you got rumors that gas prices were gonna go up, you had a couple days warning to go and top off your gas tank before the price officially changed on Friday. Well, once Hurricane Katrina hit, then that whole you know, oh, it only fluctuates once a week. That's not a thing anymore. It can fluctuate anytime. I, I have literally driven past uh, the uh, Kroger, um, and then this was at the height of the whole Hurricane Katrina thing, where I, I, I was passing by the same location two or three times that day, and every time I passed it, it was a different price. We used to, mom used to go wash for gas, if you see anything below, like, 350 we'll have to stop and get gas. Yeah. And that was a big thing was look for gas prices. Yeah, exactly. Like really knowing those gas prices. And even now, like my dad and I and my mom will be comparing notes. I'm like, okay, well, I get the fuel discount at Kroger and I get extra discount because I bought this many groceries from them and, and I use my Kroger card. But then the marathon station over here is like the same price, but then if you pay them in cash, then it's even cheaper over there. So is that like, it's like this whole like mental gymnastic thing now about just getting decent gas prices. So you can drive around to like the four locations that are open to you right now in the middle of the pandemic. Go figure. What else from the scrapbooks? that jumped out at you that maybe wasn't as obvious before Talk um, to me just kind of a different perspective because we had a lot of vietnam stuff and we're not we're not at peace right now but we're not in the middle of a giant war panel that they were in mm -hmm. and it's just a different perspective on how life was and how it, how much of an influence that had on media because I don't know about anyone else here, but mainstream media is not really paying attention to anything that's going on anywhere other than major yeah. American cities right now. Um, so just them having pretty much 24-7 focus on Vietnam. Was kind what of was happening on the other side of the world? Yeah, it's like we still have troops in Afghanistan and Iraq 
and these other places, nobody's really talking, unless you have family that, is, that are in the military, you don't really hear anything about what's going on on the ground in some of those other quadrants. I heard about the first person ever fought off HIV by themselves. Oh wow! Yeah, see, like, nobody now I heard about the the uh, the child uh, prostitution ring yeah. being busted up. I did not hear about that. Yeah. But see, there, that's the other thing is that there have been some major advancements in medicine, and there have been some debates. Miss Earl, uh, with her husband being a doctor, she can um, speak to this. There's uh, a lot that's been out there available for people with COVID that the mainstream media would make it sound like they are being poisoned, like it's, it's actually been made illegal in some states. And I know that Dr. Earl has said that um, in prescribing, because it's, it's legal in Georgia, he would not break the law. But it, if he prescribes that for his patients, even for patients who are elderly or have pre-existing health conditions, they are much better within one to two doses. And that's the hydrochloroquine. Hydroxy, yes. Big long word. Four hours. Turn around. And see, I mentioned that on a Zoom meeting, just generalized. I didn't give names or anything, but I was on a Zoom meeting with a, a friend in Wisconsin uh, about a month ago. And, you know, she's asking about, well, how are things in Georgia? Because for a while, Georgia was getting a really bad rap in the media you would think from the way the rest of the country was reporting about us that we were all dying in the streets or something like it was ridiculous it was you would have thought that we all had rabies and we were running around biting each other i don't know zombie apocalypse was happening in georgia but georgia didn't know about this but um but she was asking me about this and i was helping her to understand that it actually looks very different down here than what you're seeing in the news and then um i, I mentioned about the um, the, the doctor's office that I work at, because I do work, do some filing at Dr. Earl's office on the weekends, and, and that, you know, he had been prescribing the, the, the name I can't pronounce. <laughs> yes, that. Um, and, uh, and that it had done wonders even for the elderly patients, like that kind of turnaround. And my friend's first response was, what? No. Wait, what? And it's like, it was her initial response to just jump on me and tell me I was stupid. And then it was like, it dawned on her, wait, you work at the doctor's office. This is the doctor that you know personally. And I'm scanning in the files. And granted, I do not have the right alphabet soup after my name. So I cannot competently interpret, you know, these lab reports coming through. I mean, if it's labeled abnormal, then obviously something's wrong. But I don't know, because sometimes when you have tests done, you want your numbers to be in the single digits. Other things, you want them to be in the tens of thousands. Other things, you want them to be in a range between like 80 and 120, like depending on what you're testing. So I, I don't have all of that in my head, but I do know when I scan in a COVID test that says that the person tested positive, and then I see, I scan in the prescription for the medicine, and then I'm scanning in the doctor's note that says, oh, so-and-so is clear to come back to work, and there's, it's a very small time frame. Like, even, even stupid Angela, who does not have a medical degree of any sort, can connect those dots. 
Um, and but it, it was just remarkable to me that this friend that I've known for like a very long time, like her like gut response was to go into battle mode before it even dawned on her that I was giving her firsthand information. Yes. Um, and back to like the news thing, um, we just had a hurricane hit Louisiana. Has anyone heard anything about that since the initial like day or two afterwards? Because like Katrina, Katrina was huge. That huge destroyed the nation. And then you had pushback from people who were like, the government's not giving the support, blah, 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 and all that stuff. There's nothing going on. You heard about it. The hurricane hit. They were watching it while it hit the nation. They told you like the day or two afterwards, look, here's some pictures and stuff. I haven't heard anything in over a week about this hurricane. I've heard more, but only because I have family in that area. And so I've been getting those updates off of Facebook, but it's because... You know, I've got people saying, here's my backyard. <laughs> Here, Here's the grocery store where I used to shop. It is not there anymore. Like, I, I get those updates, but not from mainstream media. Yeah, that we are so self-focused right now on keeping these artificial barriers between ourselves, whether we're doing it uh, under the auspices of, it's a pandemic, we have to stay well, stay at home. They're still sheltering at home in other parts of the country. Like, they still haven't come out of the first sheltering at home. You know, I, I just, again, my friend from Wisconsin, when I was talking to her, she had been in her apartment with grocery deliveries going on for about five months at that point. We were able to put our heads out and come up Periscope after about two and a half, maybe three months at the most, if you had, like, an extra health concern that you just needed to keep an eye on. So it's... Yeah, we're so self-focused right now that we're like hyper obsessing on, you know, on what's going on with us to the neglect of other things. Yes. Like the, the only one that I don't really remember seeing on the news. I remember like yeah. Every, yeah, every time a yeah. hurricane comes through, they make a big deal yeah. about big send, deal about send it. money, send help, send mm -hmm. you know, if you can come help us clean up, come help us clean up. I haven't heard anything. Not even send money, which is Yeah, not even ridiculous. the send money or, or come help clean up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, two. Yeah, and they happen simultaneously, almost in parallel orbits. And I asked my dad the other day, I was like, what happened to that other hurricane? Because we were talking about the weather. I was like, did it just disappear? And he's <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. The Bermuda Triangle, it just got swallowed. Yeah, because I was like, those hurricanes were back to back. They'd hit like within hours of each other. Yes, they and in the past, that would have had the entire nation hyperventilating. No. Yeah, everybody was freaking out about Hawaii was going to get buried under the sea because the volcano was erupting. Yeah, okay. We were growing our volcanoes in Hawaii. We were growing the island. So, yeah, it's, it's just, it's amazing um, that, and, and I'm glad that you're all picking up on this, that in looking at the scrapbooks, you're getting a variety of different things going on in that year, whereas now it's like, We've become Johnny One Note. It's just all either pandemic or racial tension. And 
it was with a lot of overlap of using one to excuse bad decisions with the other. Um, I, but I, this also feeds into an interesting conversation that I had with my dad during the summer. You know, we were working on the whole scrapbooking thing, and because uh, I knew I was going to use it with y'all several times this year. And, uh, and Dad mentioned that the last year that he collected cartoons for the scrapbook project was in 2013. And I said, well, why 2013? I mean, I know that you retired from the uh, Mid-South uh, Products Engineering about that time, but like, why stop collecting the, the political cartoons at that point? And he said, it's just, it all became flat. He said the cartoons ended up being about one of about three topics, and most of them were geared around like the whole Democrat versus Republican divide. And once it got to that point, and like the cartoons were no longer creative, they weren't addressing real issues, they were just keeping the us versus them mentality just really stirred up. He said, I, you know, that, that's not worth preserving for posterity. He says, I feel like I got that perfect window of the, the, the political cartoons that made a genuine commentary on what was going on in the world before it just tanked like everything else. Yes? Right. So, um, in case I didn't pick up, so 2013 is when the military started being a lot more private, playing it close to the chest about what they were doing overseas. And then we also get uh, uh, the death of Osama bin Laden and the paper trail um, that leads to unexpected corners with, with a lot of those um, executive decisions, some coming from the executive office, some not. Um, back in the day, it, it's just, it's almost like a switch got tripped, and it, it's a, it's a, it's almost like a switch in the breaker box got tripped and just flipped the lights in a different direction, and uh, everything changed very visibly in some ways and very invisibly in other ways. I'm glad y'all are picking up on these patterns uh, because that's that's part of why I want to do this sort of parallel study where we're, we're going through the old timeline still. I, I've sort of put the pause on the Industrial Revolution and the revolutions of 1848 while I talk to you through a couple of other things. Um, but we're about to uh, go back to the timeline there. But it just made sense to start bringing this in as a parallel study um, without giving you like reams of homework about the 1960s when we, quote, get to the 1960s. In some ways, the 1960s never left. Well, hopefully all of that made sense. If you have any questions about the scrapbooks, how we're using them, um, if you would like to arrange a time to come and look through them yourself, uh, my dad and I would be happy to oblige you on that. Um, and we would be glad to make an appointment with anyone uh, uh, connected with Lighthouse who would like to come see them. Uh, just let me know. Uh, drop me an email. Shoot me a text. We will work something out. Uh, but for now, I think that wraps it up. Thanks so much. 
and we'll see you next time.